well, uh, what kind of fun is it? Is it like F is for fire that burns down the whole town kind of fun? Or is it friends that do stuff together kind of fun? I was trying to format it in my head, but it's not coming out somehow. <laughs> I was trying to like, I was trying to respond in the song way, but, I, but my mind just blanked. Oh. You is for you and me to ride. And it's for everywhere. <laughs> and time it all down here, down in, here the deep. in the deep blue sea. Yeah. <laughs> Are you nostalgic? A parent? Or perhaps a child at heart? When it comes to children's media, from books to TV shows, and even movies, there's often more than meets the eye. Is it well written? Does it still hold up today? What works and what doesn't? Or maybe you wonder what went on behind the scenes of that work. Together, a trio of adults, who are also kids at heart, will critique and comment on a new piece of children's media each episode. Hello, this is Eric. I'm PJ. And I'm Rico. You're listening to Beyond the Lens, a family-friendly podcast. So, welcome to this second episode of Beyond the Lens. If my voice sounds different, it's because I'm getting over a cold. And today's topic is PJ's favorite show as a kid. And it happens to be, as you can probably guess from the title, Spongebob Squarepants. Yay! Woo! (laughs) (sighs) So, what is it that you like about Spongebob, PJ? Um, it was just so captivating to me for some reason. Like, whenever it came on, I would just stop what I was doing, sit down in front of the TV and be like, oh, okay, cool. And I guess what I was trying to say was... Um, it's not geared towards, like, other family members. It's obviously, like, a kid's show. But, like, anyone of any age can also sit down and watch this show. Like, my mom sat down with me as a kid and watched it. My grandpa. I mean, we all sat down and watched it. And it was just entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, what there I were int- memorable lines and memorable, yeah. like, scenes and, and that are still relevant to this day because they're used as memes all the time. Yeah. So, exactly. Like, exactly. Th- that's why I love this show. What I think is nice about the writing style is that, yes, it is it is written for a children's market, but there are some, like, adult humor jokes that are slid in there, and they go right over the kids' heads, but that's what gets a family to enjoy the show, is that the adults can catch those random jokes and chuckle and then move on with the plot, um, and they don't hinder on that. That's not the entire plot of the show doesn't hinder on those jokes, um, but it's fun when they do come up. Exactly. Like, I look back at the older episodes now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I missed that when I was a kid? Like, wow, okay. Um, and I, yeah, I still watch the older episodes. If they come on and they're rerunning on Nick, I just tune in, and I watch them. Because, like, I could quote, like, most episodes before 2003 or something, word for word, because yeah. I just, <laughs> some of the lines that were spoken are just either too relatable or just way too dang funny. And I'm like... I, I love it. I love it so much. I love the development of the show where, you know, Nickelodeon had been going really strong in the 90s. And they hadn't really had since, 
I mean, they've had successful animated shows, Rugrats being, I think, the top at the time. Um, you had Ren and Stimpy, which was okay. Um, and then you, which that one really focused on the, in on the adult humor. Doug was also a really great show. Hey, Arnold was going really strong. Um, but I think it wasn't until SpongeBob that Nickelodeon was really put on the map as far as animation goes. It's still running. It still has new episodes coming out. It just had the Broadway musical come out, which I saw in New York and I think was a, We'll get, I guess we'll get into the discussion about the musical in a little bit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but Nickelodeon really found themselves with SpongeBob. And once they found it, they rode that wave so hard with, what, two theatrical release movies now and a third one coming soon? I think so, yeah. It's just, it's so crazy everything that they've been able to do with the show. Yeah, and it's just still so relevant. Like, as I mentioned, like, the memes, they're used all the time. I think I was watching an episode just the other week, and I noticed, and I counted, I'm like, there's three memes in this episode alone. Like, what is going yeah. on? <laughs> the writing is super, awesome. super sharp. Yeah, one, yeah. Of the things, one of the things that irritates me, though, is, um, so, you know, I live in Orlando, so I'm right around the corner from Universal Studios. Nickelodeon I Studios is to be here, which is which was great um but they they have a spongebob store here um and they have all sorts of merchandise which i think is great but there's one thing that i feel like they're missing with all the things that they're doing at theme parks now and it's a crusty crab restaurant do you know how much people would pay for a crabby patty they could charge yes. 25 dollars for it and people would be like yep here you go because they're they're paying for that character in recognition. They're paying for the experience of being completely immersed in that plot line. And if they said twenty five dollars for a Krabby Patty, people would be like, "Yeah, sure, cool, give it to me. That's fine." Yeah. Um, so I think there are some still some growth opportunities that can happen. Um, and I think SpongeBob is still one of the longest running animated shows. I mean, it's behind Simpsons, and I think Arthur's right up there with it as well. Mm. But SpongeBob's yeah. still going strong. Yeah, they're still making new episodes. Like, I haven't seen a new episode in years, I think. But, yeah, they're they're still making new episodes, and I think they're still releasing. I don't know what season they're on, though. But there's, like, a whole lineup of episodes that are still premiering. Season 87. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like it. It just feels like it's always on TV. Let me see where we're at. I'm going to look it up right now. Yeah. We are on... May 1st, 1999, to the present. New read composer. 11 seasons right now, 236 episodes. Oh, wow. And That's crazy. Still going. Still um, going. Do you guys have a favorite episode, and what is it, and why? Um, I have two favorites, because I can never okay. choose between two options. Okay, the first one, um, I believe it's called Idiot Box. It's the one where they yep. buy a TV, <laughs> yeah, they buy the TV, and they just use the box. I think that was the episode where I counted there was three memes, and I'm like, it's still yes. entertaining. It's, it's so basic, and the lines are just so, like, stupid that it's funny, and I love it. That episode alone is, like... Enough to crack me up. Like that's the one, one where imagination. Mm. Yep, that's the exact one I was thinking of. Um, then the next one, I think the title is called "I Had an Accident." I know I love that episode simply because of the indoor song. It's still related. Oh yes, <laughs> I still say uh, that I, all the time. <laughs> I quote, 
um, we'll be sitting in the living room and everyone's like, why are you just sitting in the living room? And I'm like, I'm not just sitting by myself. I've got my good friend Penny and here's my friend Chip and say hello say to you, Snapkin. Like, Snapkin. I say it all the time. Same. Oh, I just love that episode. Rico, what about you? If I had to pick one, I do not know the name of the episode offhand, but I'd say it's the one where SpongeBob and Patrick think they're ugly, but they just have bad breath. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, why did I forget the name of that one? can't remember it. But I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. I love that one, too. Yeah, I know there's uh, at least two memes from there. One is the ugly barnacle that story's in that one. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. It's so ugly that everyone died. The end. The end. Yeah. <laughs> And then the other one was was the one where Patrick's holding Spongebob up in the movie theater and he's telling everyone to look at it and everyone's running look out. Yeah, yeah, that fish. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, Eric, do you have a favorite episode? I have one that I always go to and anytime somebody asks me, I always bring it up so we watch it so I can watch it again. Band Geeks. Where Squidward has to do 100% my favorite episode. That is the best way of putting my experience of working in a theater environment is this. (laughs) And trying so hard to get your team to do what you want. And I'm not saying that any of my teams that I've worked with are stupid because they're not. I love all of them. They, They are dedicated people. But sometimes I'm just like, why can't I get out verbally what I want you to do? And why aren't you understanding what I'm asking of you? So, you know. The mayonnaise and instrument thing is always, I always quote that. That is a classic. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I mean, that's definitely my favorite. I'm not sure. Sh- I mean, I can probably make random quotes from all sorts of other ones. The other thing that I think SpongeBob has a really strong hand on is the music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whether it's the instrumental cool. music or the songs themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there, and it's yeah, like the instrumental music too, because there's those videos on YouTube, and they use um, like I put SpongeBob music over this, and that and it works. Tracks, yeah. It works. I don't know why, but it works. Yeah. Another it's thing so that is, I just thought of that's memorable from SpongeBob, those title cards, like two hours later. Yes, all <laughs> the time cards. Yeah. yeah. The narrator. <laughs> And the narrator, yeah. which I, I believe is SpongeBob's voice actor, isn't it? That is. It, it's yeah. Tom Kenny, yeah. Uh, such a talented guy. Yeah, I think probably one of my favorite of those time cards is the one that says, So long that they, they had to fire the old and didn't hire a new one. Yeah. <laughs> so much time later that the old narrator got hired and left, and they had to hire a new one. <laughs> yeah. uh, my favorite is. um. From that one episode where they were like, I don't, were they like house sitting for Mr. Krabs or like just watching his yeah, place? I don't were, know. But then SpongeBob's were, yeah. painting the house. Paint, yeah, they were painting it. And uh, Patrick was like, Can you hurry up? I'm running out of time cards. <laughs> <laughs> this one does a clever job of breaking the fourth wall as well without it being, you know, super cheese bolly. Yeah. I love that about the show, too. Do you have a favorite character? Oh, boy. Um, 
you know what? I, I can't choose one. I love all of them, like, in their own special, unique way. Yep. They're just all too memorable and amazing. I mean, if I had to pick one, I'd probably say Patrick, because he's he's got some funny lines, and he's in a lot of the memes as well. Yes. Yeah, I will say Patrick has most of the funniest, or the, the most funniest lines. Yeah. Uh, it's so hard. Um, I feel like it depends on what part of the day I'm at. I feel like 90% of my life I'm Squidward. I just want everything <laughs> to go so well and so perfect. And then somebody comes in and tries to screw something up and I'm like, get out! <laughs> <laughs> but also, I think personality-wise, I'm more SpongeBob. I'm super optimistic and I'm just running around like I'm on caffeine all the time. <laughs> um... We were talking about songs before um, and how there's a variety of songs in the show. Is there one that stands out to you more than others? Yeah, like I said, the indoor song is just too relatable and I sing it all the time because, yeah, even as a kid, I still like that song. And I was like, hey, yeah, I like staying indoors when I'm an adult. Oh, yeah, it's still the same. I love it. Yeah. But I love all the other songs too. I know pretty much most of the songs. I don't, of course, don't know the newer songs, but all of the older songs are totally my jam. Yeah, uh, I haven't paid that close attention to the songs. I don't know if you'd even count this as a song. It's the one where where SpongeBob and Squidward are delivering, I think, a pizza or something. And oh, they're crusty crab pizza. Pizza is the pizza for you yeah. and me. Yeah. <laughs> It's another one we'll quote through the grocery store. We'll go down the pizza aisle and somebody will... <laughs> and then we'll all have to, like, go through each of the verses and end up getting to the end where it's like, Frosty cry! <laughs> and just belt it. It doesn't matter. People in Orlando are tourists, so they, they think everyone's crazy. <laughs> um, I think two of the most memorable songs... No, three. I'm putting Texas in there, too. Um, Sandy oh, Singer. yeah. Um, That's an underrated one. I think um, everyone loves the fun song. Um, F is for friends who do stuff together. U is for you and me. Um, We sing that a lot, too. You know, I'm putting a fourth one in there because I can. I sing the campfire song song every time I drive by any campground. Oh, I almost (laughs) said that one for the same exact reason. I do the same thing. Let's gather around the campfire, sing a campfire song. Um, I learned how to spell really fast because of that song. Um, And then I think think my favorite is Best Day Ever because it's just, it's such a catchy song. It's so positive in its message. Um, And with or without Tom Kenny singing, and it's a great song. I feel like somebody could cover it on the radio, and it'd be a great song. And it's SpongeBob could sing it, and it's a great song. Yeah. Well, I sort of have like an inside joke that stems from SpongeBob. It started back, I think, my junior year in high school. As you know, my name is Rico, and one of my friends came into class, and and for whatever reason, he just felt like. Like, saying, what's up, Rick, directing it towards me, and for whatever reason, I felt like quoting Patrick from that one scene and said, my name's not Rick. 
Oh, man, I can't tell you how many times we quoted stuff from Spongebob, like my family and I. We would go back and forth with just different quotes from different, like, episodes for whatever moment it was. Uh, We just put up um, an episode of Twin Ventures where we were in um, St. Helens, Oregon for Spirit of Halloween Town. It went up on Friday, October 19th, um, and we're walking through and... My friend Irene said, oh, last time we were here, I went to, we went to the restaurant. And I had ravioli, and I put my crab arms up and started going, ravioli, ravioli, give me the formula. And Katie goes, put your formula arms down right now. <laughs> <laughs> so we just do stupid little things like that. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's totally me, too. Like, like, I just can't think of a perfect example of, like, what time I actually did say. I know we used to do it all the time. Yeah. My cousins and I would just quote stuff back and forth. And at one point, we're just like, okay, we need to stop because this is just <laughs> too much. Um, so I can talk for a couple of minutes. Um, I'm not going to go on too long about this, um, about the musical, because it was up in New York um, and just recently closed. Um, so... They have been talking about doing a SpongeBob musical for quite some time. And I was like, I don't think this is a good idea, but okay. But then everyone loved it. So when we were up there in January, um, we ended up getting $30 tickets. And we were like, okay, we'll go see this for $30. And we were up. I don't think I've ever been in such a, a scared seat before. It was like super, super high up, which was fine. But the seats were like stacked almost on top of each other. And I was like, we're going to fall and we're going to die. That's what's going to happen. We are going to die. So we're sitting. The set design was unbelievable. It was like somebody took the game Mousetrap and just completely exploded it all over the... Like, it went out of the stage into the audience. Like, it was insane. Um, The costume designs for all the characters, it was almost like Disney-bounding. Um, so it was like, you could tell what characters they were without it actually being like, look at me, I am dressed as a giant crab. Um, or I am just a sponge walking around as a square. Um, the music was, while all the music was very good, all the songs were written by different artists. So there was a song by Sarah Bareilles, and there was a song by Steven Tyler, and there was a song um, by, uh, there was us, uh, they did Best Day Ever from the TV series, and they did, and it was just, it was great to hear all of these things, but also it just didn't mesh very well because of it. Um, it sounded like they were all written by different people, so it didn't sound like it came from the, it, it didn't create a cohesive picture. The uh. other other big issue I had with it was that it felt like it was an episode of the TV series, like maybe even a two-part episode that it could have been that was expanded to two and a half hours and it just got really, really tiring after a while. Um, And they tried to throw every character in it. Old Man Jenkins and Patchy the Pirate was in it. Um, You name it, they were in the show or referenced in some way. Um, But I mean, it was a fun show. We all enjoyed ourselves. Um, I wish I, we would have had seats where we didn't feel like we were going to die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the cast was great. Uh, Gavin Lee was Squidward, and he was 
Bert in the musical adaptation of Mary Poppins for like years and years and years. He did it in London. He did it on tour. He did it in New York. So it was really, really cool to see him in another, um, in another role and one that fit him so well. And another one where he got to tap dance, which was great. Um, and the guy that plays SpongeBob was really great. Everyone was great. Everyone was great with, this, with the musical. The end. <laughs> now it's closed. Now it's closed, and nobody knows what's happening. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't really get a chance to actually like. I saw a trailer for the musical, but I had absolutely no idea like what they were trying to do or how many characters were in it. So this was actually really helpful to hear. It was a huge cast. Like, it was yeah. like 35, 40 people. The one person that I was most impressed with was they called out at the beginning, like he's like, SpongeBob was saying good morning to everyone. Um, good morning birds and good morning sand and good morning everyone. So he says, good morning sound effects guy. And he does all these moves in the sound effects cues go boom, 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 boom. And it's like all the weird things that you hear from the, from the TV show. And it's like, oh, that's really funny. He's calling out that person. And then once you realize that there's a person doing the sound effects for every single step that each of these characters is making. So a squeak, 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 squeak. Or when Squidward's walking, it's <laughs> every single time. And I was like, I can't, I was most impressed with that. I was like, I can't believe that they're pulling this off and they're doing such a good job of the timing of everything. Yeah, because you don't think about that stuff. And then when you do, it's like, oh my gosh, there really is a lot that goes into each production. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, no, I wish I could have seen the musical. Just obviously couldn't. I live too far away. And uh, <laughs> just there was, yeah, I, but I've heard great things about it. But now that I hear, like, you know, how it actually went, I mean, that's that's awesome. I think it sounds like they did a pretty good job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a fun time. Um, I wouldn't say it was anything there are some things that I thought were very inventive with how they told the stories um, or how they presented the characters. I wouldn't say mm-hmm. there was anything completely groundbreaking from a theatrical perspective on it, but it was definitely a fun show. And it was a show that opened up another door for families to come to New York and go see a show. There's a lot of hit or miss with like, is this show appropriate for my entire family or will my entire family enjoy the show? And uh, knowing, true. knowing the tone of SpongeBob the TV series, the musical follow that tone almost identically. So everyone enjoyed the show when they went to see it. That's awesome. Um, I did like enjoy um, all the episodes like up to, I think I stopped watching the show around or regularly, at least around 2008. So there are a Mm. lot of new episodes that I haven't seen. And Mm -hmm. I've noticed obviously some changes. The one thing I don't like is that, or at least now is the new animation style. Like obviously they used to like hand draw. Yeah. They used to hand draw all the characters and like, you know, frame for frame and everything. And now that we have like computer graphics and all this technology, like I feel like it's missing a big part of that. And I don't know. It doesn't have the same effect on me. Like, I don't know how that I, I don't like how they drew, like, all the all the new episodes, like, have, like, different facial expressions for each of the characters, and they're kind of odd in some way. I just, I, I that is something I think the coloring is also seen. off, too, because SpongeBob coloring, always looks yeah, sick yeah. now. Mm. Yeah, I don't really like that either, but, I mean, at least, like, you know, the show is still, like, in terms of the script and everything else, it's still going great. It's just I don't like the new animation style. I wish they would go back to the old format in terms yeah. of that. Yeah, but then again, uh, I haven't seen that many new episodes either, but is it as drastic as it was for, say, 
compared to Arthur, because I know Arthur, they switched. Ooh, Arthur's been through some changes, yeah. Yeah, they switched, and that one was really drastic. You could tell that they switched to a more computer-styled animation. Um, yeah, I don't think it was as drastic as Arthur. Now, if you look at, like, a Season 1 episode and a Season 11 episode of SpongeBob, I'm sure you could tell immediately that there's a difference in the quality. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it was a lot gentler and Mm -hmm. a smoother transition into that. Whereas Arthur, it was, like, from season to season, you didn't know what you were going to get. And now we're in this, like, this weird, like... Mm -hmm. Disney Junior type animation, and I'm like, please stop, guys. Go, 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 go back, go back and try again. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen much of Arthur, but, but yeah, it, granted, yeah, SpongeBob. It didn't seem like there was too big of a change, but as like a fan who's been watching since you know it first started, I, I obviously like kind of miss the older format. Like, it's not totally bad. And it doesn't make the show, but it is something that I kind of miss. It's like nostalgic, I guess. Well, there's nothing quite like hand-drawn animation. And yeah. even, no matter how much you do with computers, nothing is going to give you that that rawness that to traditional animation gives you. Exactly. Um, I think another favorite episode of mine, um, if I could just watch all of these episodes in a row, I don't know why this wasn't put on a DVD release because that would make sense. Um, is you put all the Mermaid Man and Barnacle Boy episodes on a DVD release in order. Um, oh, that would be amazing. Because I'd watch that, and I'd purchase that. Um, I think the episode... <sighs> titles titles are not my thing. I don't remember what it was called. Um, <laughs> the, the one where they basically do the Justice League, where Barnacle Boy goes to like the dark side, and then SpongeBob and Sandy and Patrick and Squidward all have to like do all the different superheroes. That's yeah. another one that I quote Ooh. all the time. You want to see me run to that rock and back? Want to see me do, see it, me do again? it again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I always blink on the titles too, but I know exactly which one you're talking about, and I love that one too. I basically love all the episodes, like before 2005 and then after that it's like i have a hard time because i haven't seen them as much as the older episodes obviously so i have a harder time remembering like oh what happened in this episode or that episode but like all the older ones i i love they have a special place in my heart rico i know that you also posted recently um a meme about from one of the villains. It's the episode where spongebob and patrick are trying to get him to teach him about ethics and being good oh man ray Yes, man, right. I was like the devil man, and I was like, nope, that's not it. (laughs) (laughs) So even seeing that post recently, I was like, that that's yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's I feel like that conversation between him and Patrick about the wallet is just so Mm -hmm. relevant to so many different things. Mm -hmm. No matter what it is, you always deal with people that just you try to explain things to them and then they're just they just don't listen. Yeah, and I love how SpongeBob does that. They take those people and like translate it into their episode or their show, and it's just, it's so great to see. I think that's why the show is so relatable. I think that's why a lot of animated shows are good, is because you can exaggerate a lot of those things. And then when you realize that some of them really aren't that exaggerated, it's. It's kind of sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little depressing (laughs) thinking about, oh, God, I know those people. (laughs) We all know a Squidward. We all know a SpongeBob and a Patrick. And yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and speaking of the DVD stuff that you mentioned earlier, Eric, I totally forgot that, like, I had a DVD set of, I don't remember what series of episodes it was exactly, but I know one of them included the one where um, SpongeBob is like a lifeguard for a day, and it obviously doesn't go very well, and Larry's trying uh, to teach him how to do stuff, and yeah. Yeah, I had that one, and I that was on repeat when I was a kid. Like, I think I watched it one time uh, for a whole entire week after I got home from school. I just loved it that much. But I don't know why. I don't remember the rest of the episodes, but that one was just on constant repeat. I want an entire disc of all the episodes that take place at the beach because then you could have the ripped pants and then you have that song. Um, and then you have um, another one of my favorites that I quote all the time. Welcome to the Salty Spittoon. How tough are you? How tough am I? You've got a new bottle of ketchup. Sure. <laughs> it's all. You know, I, you know what I really need now is I need two things. I need a version of Spongebob memes with John Mulaney quotes, and I need John Mulaney memes with Spongebob quotes, because they, I think they're the same person. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that they're the same person. Just imagine uh, Squidward in the Salt and Pepper Diner. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like a Spongebob and Patrick story, yeah. though. It does. Yeah. Hey, hey, we should throw in there one there's not unusual. <laughs> yeah. Not unusual. <laughs> oh my god, that's great. Oh, it's perfect. I'm gonna have to rewatch his specials and just a picture and just put a picture of SpongeBob up on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, yeah. like a liar. <laughs> <laughs> One fact I do remember, though, I don't know why this just popped into my head, but Squidward actually isn't a squid. He is an octopus. I only just found that out a couple months ago, and I feel like my childhood was a lie. <laughs> he's an octopus. He's got six tentacles. He's got two, two, and two. Yeah, apparently, um, I think the creator of the show, I don't know how to say his last name, but like Steven Hillenberg or something. I, I'll just call like him yeah. Something like that. Um, he gave Squidward, I think, only like six tentacles because he didn't want to overcomplicate the character, which I guess makes sense. But then why name him Squidward? Like, it doesn't make sense to me. Because I know there's, there's that one episode where um, they're having like this competition to see, oh, who's better, land creatures or sea creatures? And then they the sea creatures go above water. And then that's the only episode where we see... Squidward have eight tentacles. You're right. And he's yeah. Because he's on land, but it's like, okay, then why, why call him? Okay, Squidward, it is, I guess. I just thought that was interesting. That's like they always argue about, like Ursula. Is Ursula an octopus or is Ursula a squid? And she's like, Pat Carroll is like, well, Ursula only has six tentacles, and I was like, six tentacles plus two arms, eight octopus, done. Like, stop it. Yeah. I had the pleasure of meeting Roger Bumpus, who was the voice of Squidward over the summer several That's times. That's Patrick's oh, Squidward. Yeah. Squidward, yeah. Um, so we 
we went to several conventions and presented different panels and workshops and everything. And we got to chat with some of the celebrities on our off time. And we, Roger was at every convention that we were at. No, I think he was not at one of them. Um, but anyway, so we, we'd go up to him and like, Hey, it's us again. And he's like, Oh my gosh. Hey, it's our, my Orlando people. Um, <laughs> is, it's so funny going and meeting voice actors because sometimes they're just like yeah this is my job and i enjoy it and it's fun and sometimes they completely embrace it he talks like squidward all the time and it's so <laughs> funny he's he'll you'll he'll, he'll, he'll go up to him and i was watching some of the people meet up to, meet up with him and he's like what do you want <laughs> <laughs> and you knew it was just especially to the kids i love watching celebrities meet kids mm-hmm. um he was so great with the kids and watching them like realize that that's who it was that's always my favorite when we do um we do the spooky empire convention which is a horror convention in orlando and the last was it the last time or the time before one of the previous two shows um matthew lillard was there and watching kids meet him and then him go into his shaggy voice they lose their freaking minds these like little (laughs) toddlers like start like hugging and crying and getting giggly and it's just so cute and watching the celebrities get a kick out of the kids getting a kick out of them is just my favorite thing Um, yeah it's so heartwarming it's so heartwarming to see that you know some celebrities are crazy and they just want their privacy and personal space which is which is you know, I can respect that and understand that, but also if you're going to be in a public environment like a convention, people are going to. This cre- this creates another like random topic of, you know, there's a celebrity persona and then there's like the person persona. So like, when you're out in public, people expect a certain celebrity persona and people to be in full makeup and to be presentable and all sorts of stuff and not be like in their like scrubs at home kind of thing. Um, but I th- the convention space is fun because nobody cares. Everyone's just there to have a good time. Yeah. Which I enjoy. I enjoy see Roger always wore a Hawaiian shirt, a Hawaiian flannel over top of open and over top of a T-shirt of Squidward every time. He had the same three shirts that he wore every time, every week at <laughs> the convention. And I loved it. It totally yeah, fits with I've him seen- personally. Oh, uh, that's so awesome that you like got to meet him and stuff. Cause I've seen the voice actors like I watched a couple of YouTube videos where I've seen like panels of like the voice actors like read a script from an episode different scripts, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, just seeing them read different scripts and it's always so much fun. When we were there at the one convention, it was Roger and it was the kid from Adventure Time, and it was. Um, yeah, so Finn's voice actor, actor, yeah. Finn's voice actor, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it was Bill Farmer, who's goofy, and, uh, who's the guy, Winnie the Pooh? Jim Cummings. Um, Jim Cummings was there, so they did an entire panel. It was an hour of reading the script for the first Harry Potter movie, and my favorite, oh my god, my favorite thing was, um, Bill Farmer as Goofy, and doing Hagrid. And... (laughs) And um, Jim Cummings as Pooh reading for Harry as they're walking into Diagon Alley. And it was just so <laughs> perfect. Um, 
Roger just kept it. They 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 said something. It was like they're like, oh, the doctor, and he was like, oh, okay, and I was like, the the doctor, and he started doing the voice, and I was like, oh my god, I didn't realize that the doctor from SpongeBob, that the surgeon, oh yeah, SpongeBob, oh well, that was also him. So I was like, oh, that makes sense. I can hear it now. He also told us that he's the Roger is the voice of Doctor Octopus um in the '90s Spider-Man TV series and on the ride, and I was like, oh. Yeah, I hear that now too. <laughs> I love I love that entire voice cast. They're so good. Oh mm. uh, yeah, and I love Jim Cummings too. Like Winnie the Pooh is a whole different story for me, but I he's a, another amazing, talented guy. Yeah. Um, what I'm interested to see, I'm surprised we haven't seen too much of this yet. With a lot of these bigger companies doing environmental messages and everything, now Nickelodeon always does their like day of play where they turn off the screens and everything and have everyone go yep. outside and everything. I'm surprised that they haven't tied anything in with SpongeBob with like water conservation and like um, taking care of the, the the beaches and the beach cleanups and the water and that kind of and pollution. I'm surprised that they haven't really tied anything into that. Oh, true. Yeah, and I was reading that I think the creator of SpongeBob, Steven Hellenberg, was the was originally like a marine biologist. So. Oh was... yeah, that I do remember. That makes so much sense. I always wonder what the backgrounds of some of these people are that come on to write and create some of these shows. So, being somebody that's a marine biologist, creating a television animated television series about the underwater life makes sense so when stuff like photosynthesis and stuff comes up it's like oh okay this isn't just like random like i found this fact online it's actual research that they have done in their previous Mm. career yeah and i do also remember that at one point he also was a fry cook which would explain why spongebob is also a fry cook that makes sense too so i kind of like how he took his own life and kind of made it into this character I always like it when creators, like, put themselves into the main character or, like, put their heart and soul into a show. I think that happens so, so much, and which is why a show, which is why a lot of shows are written really well, is because they have that personal experience and they have the backing behind it. So if somebody says, well, that wouldn't happen, it's like, you're right, it would happen more like this, and then they'd write that plot into the show. And then it'd be a funnier plot or a more developed storyline and might topple off into something else. Yeah, where's my marine biology, like, stuff? Where's my education? Where is this? Come on. <laughs> Come on, Steven. Well, the funny thing is, like, I think SpongeBob was one of the reasons why I did want to become a marine biologist. Because I did at one point, but I was like, oh, I'm not really sure if it's meant for me. But I think just because of the show in general, I love sea creatures and I love see life and granted i also grew up in seattle so i'm obviously near an ocean and everything but that show helped cultivate like my passion like in elementary school for all of the sea creatures and like taking care of sea creatures i just think that's so so cool that i can relate to a show even though it's like you know for fun and all this other stuff i still found an interest like in real life from the show yeah Mm mm-hmm and that's really good when a kid's TV series can really inspire you to to go after things in your life. And not only, like, career-wise, but also I can tell you that I loved reading as a kid, and but it was just always so time-consuming. So I was just like – it always kicked me into, like, trying to figure out how to read and everything. And then – 
you'll get episodes or you'll get TV shows like Between the Lions or you'll get an, an episode of Arthur that goes to the Arthur goes to library all the time. And then that song library card came out in Arthur and I was like, oh, my God, I've got to go make this music video right now. And I did. I <laughs> went to the library and I recreated the whole music. <laughs> so it's it's really funny to see how um, your life picks up moments and is inspired by the media that you intake and that can be yeah, from a kid absolutely. or up to now as we as we all have stated we all quote this show whether verbally or through memes or you know a context of some sort of conversation you know we do so we embrace the show so so much more than i think i'm willing to admit yeah. <laughs> oh yeah Oh, but it's so amazing that, like, how much this show has inspired people and how it still inspires people. That just amazes me. Apparently, I just found out a few weeks ago, way back, I think it was like 2000, 2001, maybe 2002, there was an episode where, well, instead of having, like, the ending just written out in stone, like, they would have viewers go online and vote for the ending they wanted. I don't know, did yep. you... There was, yeah, there was one, it was, um, it was Patchy the Pirate mm-hmm. um, was hosting it and I don't know if it was an online or a calling and they had three different endings written mm-hmm. and they were like, oh, we're gonna get viewer interactivity and everything like that and I was like, how are they gonna air this episode after this is done like are they just going to continue to say call this number and then say don't call this number um so what they ended up doing was editing in i i want to say they edited in all three endings and said but this is kind of like clue Mm -hmm. and said this is what happened but no this is what happened but really this is the ending Maybe they did that with, I don't remember, maybe they did that with just the other thing and said, oh, well, if you chose this one, this is what the ending would have been. It was something like the Flying Dutchman gave him three wishes and they already used two of them. So they yeah. had we had a vote on like which character got the third wish and then we had to figure out what they wished for. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was way too young to remember that. So, <laughs> but that sounds really Cool. They're the weird things that I do remember. Yeah. <laughs> I remember <laughs> I remember the the episode where they go to the future and the past and they had uh Patrick's voiceover actor as the caveman and there was our dancing robot and there was all sorts of weird stuff happening <laughs> with that one. The live action segments got real weird. That gives me an idea about your laptop problems. Remember that one line from Patrick? Hey. Hold on, SpongeBob. We've got technology. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's from the same episode where they paint his house, too. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that- <laughs> SpongeBob, what are you doing? Oh, you know, just hanging around. Ooh. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Yeah, but to answer your question, apparently, I'm just reading through like some of the comments on that post that I had found about that happening. When the episode aired aired on TV, like they had the voting thing. And then then whatever the voting was, whenever that show re-ran again, like they just showed the one thing that got the most votes. And that happened internationally, I think, to the point where like a different where a different character got the 
most votes and so that became anything in that oh, region. Okay. I think it'd be more interesting to do it like, okay, so when Clue the movie originally aired in theaters, um, mm-hmm. they had the three different endings and they just picked they picked one and distributed it to the various theaters and they picked another one distributed to various theaters. So when people were talking about seeing it, they were like, oh, that ending when this person did it and they said, no, this person did it. So people were really confused and then they found out that there were three different endings, um, which gave the opportunity for people to come back and see the movie again and figure out, oh, which ending are we going to get? Whereas with the DVD, you can watch all three endings. And I feel like this episode, whenever it airs, it should have, you don't know which ending you're going to get. Yeah, that would be interesting. I know uh, that there are DVD releases that have that episode on where you do get to pick which ending. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, another Spongebob thing that I really enjoy in the early 2000s um, I was obsessed with a with the Nicktoons racing game um, it was you could play it at like an arcade like it was one of those like driving racing games but they were also available in a PC format and you could choose the different Nickelodeon characters and like race through their environments and stuff um, Spongebob had one of the he, he drove in the pineapple car and he had some of the best lines also um the mystery person was um they had like a mystery car that was driving around it's like oh who is it and you find out it's plankton and it's like a surprise um (laughs) and when he starts when he gets hit it's like i'll get you you swine and all sorts of stuff and it's just the commentary that comes out of these characters is hysterical but yes spongebob had the best vehicle because it was it was a giant pineapple and then you could throw coconuts at people and trip up their cars. <laughs> <laughs> Nickelodeon had weird games. Nickelodeon yeah. has a lot of weird things. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I grew up, like, playing those games on Nick.com. Like, there was this other game where instead of driving in a pineapple, you, like, drove in a Krabby Patty. I think it was based off the 2005 movie or, like, the very first SpongeBob mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. And I loved that was my favorite game. They do a lot of fun stuff. Um, I know... They recently just redid one of the resorts, I think, in the Caribbean or Mexico. Oh, no, I know. No. I think it's the Caribbean somewhere. Um, I'm not and sure. it's and it's everything I want a hotel to be because okay, so we had the Nickelodeon Hotel in Orlando for a while. It was a holiday in the transition into um, the uh, into the Nickelodeon Hotel with rebranding and everything. And it was, I never got to go to it because they were like, you have to pay to park. And I was like, I'm not paying to park and not like spend the night <laughs> there. Also, I'm not paying $400 to spend the night at your hotel because uh, Punta Cana um, is where this new hotel is. Um, anyway, so the old Nick Hotel, so it's not there anymore. It's now a regular holiday. And again, I don't know if they just decided not to pay for the licensing again or anything. But they put the characters on the wall. Like the entire wall was one character. And I was like, this is excessive. I don't need a giant like SpongeBob or Cosmo Wanda staring at me while I'm trying to sleep. That's just <laughs> weird. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad to see them classily 
immerse these char- immerse you in these characters in an experience that's a lot more luxury experience so you can say in like pineapple villa but it's like a silver pineapple villa and the inside has like accents that are like to the color scheme of spongebob without it being like here's some wall stickers that were putting up on the walls and now it's spongebob themed and i'm like that, that aggravates me so much um yeah. also they have what is this i don't know what this drink is um it's like a pineapple like frozen margarita and i am all for it (laughs) (laughs) adult theme kids drinks are let's let's do it let's go let's go on vacation right now (laughs) oh my god chicken wing served with rice inside a pineapple oh let's do it i'm ready i'm so hungry (laughs) (laughs) i want that yeah i've seen pictures i've seen pictures of the like upcoming hotel and i'm like oh i really want to go there it it looks like paradise so nice it's yes. so classically done and it's everything that i want out of out of a it, it's almost like being on a on a cruise line i think this is the closest to like disney volume theming that nickelodeon has gotten mm-hmm. because it's not it's not just like look here's some characters let's just slap them in it's mm-hmm. it's very elegantly done they really did a good job with this one yeah hmm and I want to go. I want to go right now, but I need the money. <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> well, I think this has been a very fun and informative discussion about SpongeBob because we got to reminisce about all the different episodes that we liked. Mm-hmm. We got to talk about all the things outside of television that SpongeBob has gotten to do, which is basically everything. Mm-hmm. Yep. And of course, the memes. And the memes, which yeah. is the best part. Ugh, best part. This was fun. This is Patrick. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. So this has been a great discussion on SpongeBob. And so until next time, this has been a journey beyond the lens. Thank you for listening to Beyond the Lens. The intro music is Work. That's W-E-R-Q by Kevin McCobb. It is available under a Creative Commons Attribution License and can be downloaded for free at Incompetech.com. Beyond the Lens is a ReCore Entertainment production. Naturally, I'm going to think of a topic as soon as we hang up and I go, oh, we didn't talk about that because that's what always happens. <laughs>